much for joining us today on episode number 83 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're talking about some of the obstacles that get in our way of performing our best. We sometimes know people that can rise to the occasion and perform really well, and then there's sometimes that we just come up short. So what gives? What are some of the obstacles that can stand in our way? This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So I've been listening to a lot of personal development podcasts and and different things, and you've highlighted different speakers I should listen to. And I really, my my morning drive to work has always been very motivating. And one of the things that that keeps coming up is what is holding you back from being your best? And Mm -hmm. I thought on this episode we could take a little bit of of looking at it in in all of life, but also specifically in terms of running. Okay, you know it's coming up towards championship portion of of my track season. These mm-hmm. kids are trying to hit their best. How is it that sometimes there are kids on on our team, on other teams, that it hits the the last race of the season and they pull it out of seemingly nowhere? Mm-hmm. And there's other kids that look like their training is going perfectly and they crash and burn. Yeah, I mean. That is one of the ultimate questions when it comes to coaching, I think, or running in general, or just doing our best. I I mean, we can prepare and prepare and prepare, but like we've told our athletes before and like we've told ourselves before, you can't always control what happens on race day. Right. There's always little things that can come up, but if you're at least aware of some of the uh, the mental things that can come up, it, mm. it helps you be even more prepared for it because just being physically ready for something does not necessarily mean you're ready to jump into the fire of the big moment. Right. And I think that just to get the physical part out of the way, um, sure. you know, there's definitely better ways to prepare for certain races and and maybe ways that are not as beneficial. Well, yeah, it's tough to say, hey, I'm going to go excel at a, at a marathon this mm-hmm. weekend. Oh, really? What's the longest you've ever gone out and run? Uh, three miles. Right. Like that's that's not going to be a great, a great plan. Right. But assuming that you've done the training and that you've put in the work, you're totally right. There are some people that can toe the line and they can just dig deep and they can find a place in themselves where they are just willing to just push and they are able to push, not just willing to, but also able to push and to really, really dig deep. And they sometimes just come out with these performances that are incredible and that are even better sometimes than their training would even um, indicate. Yeah, I mean, there's always there's there's a variety of stories. Um, the one that just popped in my head is you know Michael Jordan came off of the flu and hit like a triple double in the playoffs or something. Mm. Like he he should not have even been out of bed and there he was just yeah. crushing it on the court. Right. You know, you get people that they. If you look at the the training, there's, you know, coaches have the the formulas of like, oh, well, you've done this in practice. And so it looks like this is what you should be capable of putting Mm -hmm. out there in a race. And, you know, it's all just an educated guess. Right. But then... Because you can't get into those runners' heads. Exactly. Like in theory, if they were a robot, they've put in, they've done X and Y. And so their, their results should be Z, Right. but that's not how it really works. And there's some kids, most of the people are going to be fairly close to it, but every once in a while you get the kid who super overachieves and the other one who just doesn't even get close. So that, that's the side that I want to really kind of focus on is what is it that's preventing you from at least getting near where you, you should be able to potentially hit. Mm -hmm. And one of the big, 
big reasons that this happens many, many, many times <laughs> is what are called limiting beliefs. So limiting beliefs are basically beliefs that we have about ourselves that limit us from achieving our full potential. And the thing that are tough about these is that a lot of the times we don't even realize that they're there. And if we do realize that they're there, we're not sure what to do about them. Yeah. It's, it's both a recognizing it and, and dealing with it. Mm -hmm. Even if you're like, Oh, I get to the race and I'm just so nervous. Well, that's because you've got these other beliefs telling you that this might not go so smoothly for you. Right. Because any situation in life, racing, life, parenting, any of it, we always bring with us what has happened in the past. We are a product of our past experiences. So we come in with preconceived notions about what might happen in this current situation. So let's just take a race, okay? Let's talk about running. And so in this current race, this is what's based on what we have been in the past, based on the thoughts that we have about ourselves, we kind of come in with these preconceived notions of who we are and what we're capable of. Yeah, and and if you don't have a, a great vision of yourself heading into it, then it's it's kind of tough to to step up when they fire the gun. And you're mm-hmm. supposed to start taking off. You know, there there's a the group of professional runners that started the like um, fast braid Friday like movement on Instagram became mm-hmm. a whole thing, and it's basically like, all right, this is how I, I work during the week, but now it's Friday and the race is coming, and you put the braid in. I got girls on the team that didn't even know that was a thing, but they're like, no, 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 it's race day, so I got to get my braid going because it helps them flip their mindset mm-hmm. and kind of puts them in that that race zone. Yeah. But if you're coming to it and you're thinking like, okay, well, I've been in a race before and it didn't go so well, or mm-hmm. you see somebody in a race that you know has beat you in previous races, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, well, I shouldn't be in front of that person because they always beat me in a race. Right. You've just got so many things coming in and as as humans we're just we're trying to come up with a natural conclusion to right, it. Right. You know, you yeah, try- we try to make sense of the world around us. Exactly. We're doing that on a chaotic. constant basis, right? So we relate the current event to the events that we've already experienced in the past and we tend to as humans assume similar outcomes. Yes. <laughs> based on the experiences that we've already had. Yeah, I've- So if you had a race that went really poorly, when you towed the line, you're you actually have to fight against the belief that this race is not going to go poorly especially like if it's at like the same course right i mean that's your natural inclination to say last time i was here this didn't go so well you know like i really hope that i'm that's not going to happen again and just by saying that like you're already putting that negative belief in your head. Yeah, I hope it's not going to happen again. You don't have an action plan. You're really just hoping because you've already put in your head, oh, last time this didn't go smoothly for me. And so that's probably what's going to happen yeah. again. I just hope that somehow this one miraculously turns out differently. Right. And isn't it funny that as humans, like in remembering previous events, we typically focus on the negatives. And this really comes back down to like our survival mode right this is this comes from evolution and survival like i was i was listening to a podcast last week or the week before about this and about like the negative self-talk that we have in our heads a lot of times and 
you know, during evolution, when we had to like survive as a species, that is the stuff that was important for us to remember. Like if you ate a berry and you got really, really sick, you have to remember, oh, I got sick the last time I ate this berry, so I better not eat it again. It's a self-protection mechanism. So even though we've evolved as a species and as a race, like we, you know, the human race, we have still these limiting beliefs that have come along with us and we tend to remember the negatives more than the positives a lot of times yeah the body just goes for survival mode it doesn't want to do things that are not going to make it feel good and if you're thinking well last time i had a race it didn't go well and then i felt really bad afterwards Mm -hmm. so your body's not going to want to even participate in the race right and so then you're on the line and you're, you're doing a thing that you're not even excited for mm-hmm. and this is this is bad yeah you know and and then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy yes you show up at the starting line you're like this is probably not going to go well and since you started with that mind frame mm-hmm. then it didn't go well and you're like see i knew it wasn't going to go well well what's going to happen the next time right now you have two two things you're right. like oh well the race before didn't go well and then the last one didn't go well so this one's clearly not going to go well right so then you are looking for evidence to support your current belief. I mean, how many times do we do that? We do that all the time, even outside of running. Like you believe one thing and you are just, I should say me, you, like all of us, like we as humans, we always look for evidence to support our point of view and our current beliefs. It's very difficult for us to just open our minds and consider our all possibilities unless we make a very conscious effort to do so. Yeah, no, it needs to be a very conscious effort. I mean, we can do it. Oh, completely, you know? but, if, but... You're, if you're heading down that negative route, you're only going to see things around you that are reinforcing that. Mm-hmm. Like the mind frame wants to simply find reinforcing evidence of its current point of view. Right. Rather than look around and be like, oh, actually, last time I was in this race, it didn't go well, that person beat me, but I did run 30 seconds faster than the time I did before. Yeah. You know, well, and, and so, and that's the thing too, is like, so you can totally flip this yes. and instead of focusing on those negatives, you can look at the positives and then you can start building your evidence file for the positive things. Like, so as even though humans natural reaction in a, in a, most of the time is to look for the negative or to remember the negative, we have the ability to flip that around and then start creating an evidence file of all of the positive things and all the times that it went right. Or how different of a person are you now versus then? What have you done in the time between those races that has set you up for a better outcome this time? Yeah. I mean, one of the things kind of on this, on this topic, um, I had a workout in college that this was my freshman year of college. This is a long time ago. And I still have vivid memories of this workout. It was slightly scarring. Um, (laughs) I'm excited to hear about it. So tell us, so the workout, and I, I have a variation that I do with the high school kids because the mileage on this workout was insane. So what, what was on, what was on deck was, I mean, there was always a three mile warm up. And then three mile, three mile warm up. Then it was two miles. And, you know, the coach was like, okay, so now it's going to be two miles. The pace is going to be somewhere around like 440 to 450. And like he made it that far. And I thought to myself, well, my PR is nine minutes and 39 seconds. So mm. that's going to require everything that I've ever possibly done for a two mile. Yeah. And we were wearing trainers. So I like, I wasn't even like spiked up and in this, and this was just the start of the workout. 
Like, and the year before, I remember running the two mile and how unbelievably painful a 939 was to me. Yeah. Like, it was excruciating. I crossed the line and I just, like, laid there for a little while. <laughs> and this is how he started the workout. Okay, so a two mile and, like... like this is just the assumption that yeah. this is what you're going to do. And four, 440, you know, if you need to get it back to 450s, but, like, like 440 or so. And uh, oh meanwhile, we've got the other guys on the team that are like, okay, yeah, 440, so we're going to take it out in, like, 430 and then we'll come back and it'll be fine. Oh my gosh. Oh God. So, and then straight from that, immediately, no break, no water, no like five minute rest, immediately into a three mile tempo. What? At uh, around five to 520 pace. So I'm like, okay, good. Now, now three miles and 16 flat. Good. Um, and then get back to the track and see, this is where it gets a little hazy because I blacked out somewhere in there. Um, (laughs) but I, if I remember correctly, when you got back to the track, it was supposed to be a 1200, 800, 400 with the pace cutting down. Oh my gosh. That's brutal. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was awful. Um, so I make it through the two mile. In 9.36. Wow. This is the fastest I've ever run a two-mile in my life. I just PR'd in the two-mile by three seconds. And I want to be excited about this. <laughs> but there's Wait. other guys on the team that have literally been waiting like 20, 25 seconds for me to get across the finish line because we were all supposed to start the tempo run together. So, like, I can remember, like, I can see his face when I close my eyes of one of the the upperclassmen on the team yelling at me as I got across the finish line in 936, fast as ever run. Come on, Brown, it's time to start the tempo. Okay, Mark, let's go. And so we start off through campus. There's a three-mile loop through campus. And... I lost the group quickly. They took off. They were hitting their pace. I like limped back in, in like, in my head, I did it in 25 minutes or like 30 minutes. And I'm sure on actual reality, I did it in like 17, 17 and a half, somewhere in that. And I get back and the team is already into their 1200. Mm -hmm. And I walk over to the coach and he goes, where have you been? Mm -hmm. Like... That was it. Like, I just PR'd in the two miles. Somebody have excitement for me. And uh, he goes, where have you been? I'm like, coach, I I started the workout with a three-second two, three second PR in the two mile. And I gave everything I could to keep up on the 12, on the tempo. On the tempo. He goes, yeah, well, you missed the 1200. So let's just hop, hop into the half. I like, And there was no excitement for this. So from that point, it was... Every time I would get into a race, every time I get into a workout for such a long time after that, I just had this vision of the one senior saying, why are you behind us? We're all waiting on you to start our tempo. And then as the tempo ran, run took off, the group just kept getting further and further ahead. Yeah. And so we'd get into workouts and people would start pulling ahead. And I, it was so hard for me to try and regroup and be like, no, I'm going with the group. Mm-hmm. Because what had happened before, they started pulling away and they just disappeared. Wow. And so for so long, it was like, ah, oh, if they're going to get two steps on me, off they go. And I mean, that stuck with me for years of trying to race. If if I was ever in a race, when people would start pulling ahead, it was like, yep, this is the time. They pull ahead and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. And it's it took me, I don't know, a decade to figure out that once somebody pulls ahead, that doesn't mean that they're gone. That I can, in fact, come back and reel them in. That I can be a race from behind person. Because it was so ingrained in my head that once they go, they're not coming back. Wow. 
Yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy because I have like I have vivid images from that, but I don't. I and honestly that really. I mean, it, isn't it, it like? But just that one day, that one event, just stuck with you and influenced your mindset in years after that. Yeah. I mean, this happened when I was, what, 18, 19 years old. Right. <laughs> and I, I've got details off of it. I remember coming back through the one quad, and mm-hmm. I could not see anybody on the team anymore because they were already back on the track, and I still have this half-mile straightaway running through campus. Mm-hmm. I don't even look like I'm part of the team anymore. I just look like a guy running through campus at mm-hmm. this point in time. Yeah. It was, I was so down on myself for so long after that one. Wow. That's so then rough. what do you do? you've got to reframe your mind and say that was one event. Part of the issue of that was it opened with a two mile that I thought was already beyond my capability. Mm -hmm. So when I hit the two mile in 936, I'm like, this is the fastest two mile I've ever run. And I was not like excited to head off on the tempo. Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, wow, that's the fastest I've ever run. How am I possibly going to forget run a tempo run anything right. i just need to i just, just need to lay down well, right now that's what you said like after you ran the 939 you just laid there for a while right so that was my previous memory of running a two mile that fast yeah. i completely discounted the fact that i had like doubled my mileage from senior year to into my freshman year mm-hmm. that i'd been running so much more mileage at such a higher speed that i obviously should be able to hit a two mile and faster than that mm-hmm. and I, I took none of that. My my point of recall was 939 is really painful. If I'm anywhere near that, this is going to be awful. Mm. And so when I finished and I started on the tempo run, I already had in my head, my legs are done. Yeah. Because this is the fastest I've ever run. I didn't think, well, let's give the tempo a shot and see how long I can hang on. Yeah. I headed off on three miles of this is going to be brutal and I'm going to get spent. Yeah. So then to reframe that, you would have to look at the highlights from that day. Right, right, which are that you ran a PR at I the beginning of the war- workout, which is fantastic, and then you were still able to hang on for the rest of the workout. Like you didn't do it at the pace that you were supposed to do it, or that the rest of the team did it, but you also didn't just lie down. Like you continued and you did the workout. Yeah. Because there's one part of that, like just reframing (laughs) it in that way. There's literally a part of the loop that I ran past my dorm and I was like, "Mm." and maybe I just go to my dorm room and I don't ever go back to the cross country team. Yeah. (laughs) And I didn't. You didn't. You continued and you finished the workout. Yeah. I mean, so that, so just reframing it that way and getting that positive out of it is a huge thing. Yeah. Of I didn't quit. I didn't hit the times that the coach put out there, but I didn't quit. I gave it what I had to give it on that day. But in the middle of the workout, I was, I was framing it wrong. Mm -hmm. I needed to have the outlook of this is the positive. These are the things I've changed in my life. And so I am in a much better position moving Mm -hmm. forward here. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely, you know, relating our, current situation to our past experiences can definitely lead to a lot of limiting beliefs, especially if the past situations did not go well. Yeah. And if if you don't recognize that you are not the same person Mm -hmm. from that past situation. Yeah. And, you know, yes, there was a huge change in my training, but literally you don't have to be the same person you were yesterday. True. You know, you can bring a whole new person when the new day starts. You can be a completely changed person. Yeah, because every day we have a choice. So 
Okay, the next limiting belief that we want to talk about is our tendency to undervalue our own ability. Oh, God, this is horrible negative self-talk. Oh, yeah. We always tell ourselves that we're not good enough, we're not worthy, we're not not deserving deserving of this, you know, whatever it is. Like, if you get a promotion at work, you know, a lot of times you're like, oh, shoot, like... You know, sometimes you can be happy about it, like especially if it's something you've been working towards. But usually there's that little, you know, devil on your shoulder you that's speaking to your ear that's like, yeah, did you really deserve this? Or mm-hmm. did so-and-so deserve this instead of you? Yeah. And okay, they gave it to you, but was it just because there wasn't anybody else who really should be, yeah. who's actually qualified for this? So yeah. it just went to you by default? Right. Like there's so many ways to look at this and people just pick themselves apart. Totally. And that negative self-talk is going to lead to poor performance because like we've said before, and you, you guys have probably heard this saying, like if you think you can or you think you can't, you are correct. I think, that, I think that's Ford. Ford? I think that's Henry Ford. Oh, Henry Ford? Ford? Probably. I mean, he he has a lot of great quotes. But it's one of those things that we are the product of our own thoughts. We have the power through our self-talk and the thoughts that we have in our head to change the outcome of our lives, of our running, of our racing, of anything. Yeah, whatever mind frame you have going into something is going to be is going to really determine oh, look, the effort that you put into it. You put the quote in the outline. Did you not notice that I had no, the quote in the outline? Yeah. I just looked down. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the emotions that we bring. If you're standing at the start of a race and you're telling yourself, oh boy, this is not going to go well, guarantee it's not a PR day. Yeah. You know, if you stand there at the start line and you're thinking, well, this is as prepared as I can possibly be. Let's see what the day brings. Have an open mind frame. Yeah. Well, okay. So... To, to play a little devil's advocate here, though, Please. like I stood on the start line of a half marathon and said, I am not going to PR today. And I totally could have if I had wanted to. Like, the I, I decided to just race, like run the race for fun. But like I went out there thinking that it was not going to feel good because it was hillier than I was used to. I had been wine tasting in Napa the whole day before. Fair like enough. there was like a lot going in that I was like, there's no way I'm going to PR here. But I felt so good during that race that I could have pushed myself to a PR. So in that way, that it, it kind of took the pressure off of me. I think it depends on your mindset and your mind frame as you say that sentence, right? Like I said, it just like, oh, whatever. Like today's not going to be a PR. But like if you're telling yourself I am not like it's the it's the seriousness of the. It's the serious. You kind of had like a it was so almost flighty. Yeah, flighty. (laughs) You know, yeah, Uh, I'm breezy. Um, (laughs) So and and then, yeah, you you really could have if you didn't get stopped by the train, probably hit a PR. Yeah, or uh, stop for wine tastings along the way. Or stop for wine tastings along the way, During yes. the race. Yeah, yeah. that's going to slow you down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the how how much you're kind of really not just on the starting line, like, well, I guess it's not going to be a PR, but like the build up to it. Yeah. As, as you head into something... You never looked at that race as one that you were going to go out and knock out a PR. No, that was never It my was goal. always going to be one to go out and have fun. But right. if you've got a race that you've marked on the calendar as an important race, that mm-hmm. that's the race where you're going to PR, mm-hmm. and then you get closer and the nerves start building, you're going to be able to start picking apart your training, your training be yeah. like, oh, but there was that workout that, that I didn't quite hit the paces, or there was that workout that I had to extend the recovery. How am I possibly going to be able to hold this pace for the entire race? You can just start. That sentence, that sentence, 
That is such, I mean, that sentence has gone through my head so many times. Well, how am I going to be able to hold this pace for the entire race? Yes. Yeah, that's a tricky one. Especially if you've never done it before. That, I mean, that's kind of what I mean, racing that's, is. That's what a PR is. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's exactly if you're what racing a PR is. for a PR, you've never held that pace for that distance before. So all of them, all of them are super, super scary. And right. you're going to think to yourself, well, I, I'm not that fast. I'm not that good. I, I haven't done enough work. I can't pull this thing off. I'm a slow runner. I'm a slow runner. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm mm-hmm. a slow runner. The people around me, the people who run that time are fast runners, mm-hmm. and I'm a slow runner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I fought that one for a really long time. Yeah. yeah, that was definitely a limiting belief that I have had to challenge for for a while. And I, I think I'm finally on the other side of that one. And I think it still pops up every once in a while for a lot of people. I think that the, any limiting belief you have, even if you're really on the other side of it, it always tries to pop back up every now and then, and you're like, oh, come on. Like now I just deal with it better. It's not that I never think it. Like I just know that I've got so much evidence to the contrary that it's just a foolish statement. Yeah. It's the statement kind of keeps getting tweaked a little bit because you went from I'm not a runner to I'm not a fast runner. And as you keep getting faster, you keep hitting more PRs. You're going to look at the people around you and be like, and eventually that statement doesn't go to I'm not a fast runner, but it might be, well, I'm probably not as fast as that runner. As fast as, And then you start these comparisons and what the heck is the point of that? Right. Like, yeah, racing is great and you can try and race against the other people, but is it all that important for most real life runners if you beat that guy standing next to you? It depends on who that guy is. Right, my sister. My sister came to me and told me. Now, my sister is not a runner. Not a runner. Not a runner <laughs> at all. Like she hates running. She dislikes it. And she did a five k a couple of weeks ago or a month or two ago at this point. And she just she's in good shape, you know, but she's not a runner. And so she ran this five k. And this woman in this volunteer organization that she's a part of ran the race also and this woman she says is a runner and runs races all the time and for some reason my sister just doesn't like this person she says she's not a very nice person so my sister really wants to beat this woman now so and she's actually willing to train so that she can beat this woman so I think it depends on who that person actually is yeah because when some when there's some you know if you have a personal issue vendetta vendetta (laughs) V4, um, you know, then I think that that can definitely motivate you. It can provide some motivation for the training, but on the day of, it's not going to get you through an entire race of trying to cling to that person. Mm. If that's the only thing you've got is I can run until I can't see that person or I have to stay in front of that person, Mm. it's going to be tough to dig deep the entire time just against one person for, you know, 20 to 30 minutes of running or, you know, let alone a much longer race. Mm. Yes, if that person's right there at the finish line, you're probably going to be able to dig it out against that person and kick them. But it's hard to go head to head against somebody that you've got this animosity towards for such a long race. Well, you know? and animosity just doesn't serve a good purpose in general anyway. No, it's putting life. it's putting you into a bad mind frame. Like that's not a great way to go into a race. Yeah. You know, a much better way is to go into a race and, and have the look of let's see what happens in this race. I wonder how fast I can be. I yeah. wonder what I can bring yeah, to this. Bring it in, in a positive way. Yeah. All right. So the the final um 
uh, limiting belief that we would like to talk about is self-sabotage. This one's huge. Oh, it's huge. And we all do it. Oh, yeah. Every single one of us do this, right? So one of the ways that we self-sabotage ourselves is by, like, brushing this off as, like, no big deal, even when it is a really big deal, right? Oh, the preemptive excuse? Yes. So that we don't have to risk failure, yeah. right? We, we come into the race with lots of excuses just so that we don't have to put ourselves out there and actually risk feeling that like a failure. And we'll announce them beforehand. Yeah. Uh, this race is probably not going to go well because I only got three hours of sleep last night. Right. Did oh, everybody hear that? Some... Everybody hear that? Only three yeah. hours? I had some tummy issues when I woke up this morning. Yes, that's a good one. You yeah. hear lots of people discussing tummy issues at the mm-hmm. starting line mm-hmm. because it sets up... A if the race doesn't go well, now you, you, you knew have a ahead of time. Excuse. You knew it ahead of time yeah. that uh, that probably wasn't going to go well. Right, like the Key West Half Marathon with the weather yeah. and the change of the start time and all of that. Like there was a million excuses that were built in if that race did not go well. Yes, yes, you had lots of reasons. I still didn't want to lose. That was, <laughs> that was really what it came down to. Right. Um, and I looked over at that kid. I'm like, dang, he looks really young and fit, but I don't want to lose. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, when you come in with the built-in excuses, besides, you know, trying to, to actually prevent, prevent yourself from opening yourself to risk, it also is you announcing negative things beforehand. Mm-hmm. You're still going back and bringing in that negative self-talk right. of by saying it out loud, oh, I've got tummy issues, so I don't know that this is going to go well. You're putting that out there. Yeah not going to go well. Yeah. Well, and this self-sabotage can really start before you, before race day as well, right? Like you, you start making the excuses of work, you know, like, oh, I, I can't get up and train. I'm, I'm so tired or this is going on or that is going on. So it can lead you to not putting in the needed work that that you know that you need to perform at your best. Yeah, I mean, people are so good at wasting time throughout the day mm-hmm. on a million different things that don't matter to them. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, they'll be like, "Oh, well, I couldn't get my workout in because I just don't have the time." Really? How much time did you spend watching Netflix? Yeah. Like, did you really need to go back and check your emails 16 times during the day yeah. because there wasn't a new thing there? And even if there was, it wasn't on fire. Mm-hmm. You could have you could have dealt with that a little bit later. Yeah. You know, there's so much out there that you can so easily waste hours during the day. It's so easy to do it too, because when you're questioning your ability, when you're, when you're unsure of yourself in anything, then you find those reasons, you find those things that allow you to procrastinate and not do that task that you're scared of. Like it's the same thing with us and like creating videos and creating content and trying to put ourselves out there with this coaching business and this podcast and this program. There's so many things that can get in the way. Like I am like, oh, I need to do this. Like my living room is covered in laundry right now. Like I really need to do that before I film this video. Like no, you don't. Like you, <laughs> no, you it, don't. You, I need to film this video. This is what I need to get done right now. And it's just, it's the way that I we we self sabotage ourselves all the time. Yeah, this is- because it is scary. Like change is scary. Stepping into ourselves is scary stepping into actually being the person that we want to be it's scary yeah i mean when i was trying to to create the outline of of listing all the ways that people can self-sabotage i'm like oh yeah and and there's this aspect there's where you're literally working against yourself yeah 
you know, where you're going out of your way to do things that you know are not going to lead you towards success. Just so that you can then point to them and be like, ah, well, I'm not going to be able to succeed because look, this is all happening here. Mm -hmm. It's crazy, right? So like if you're eating too much or drinking too much, like you know that that's not healthy. You know you're going to gain weight if you eat too much or drink too much or don't get enough sleep or don't work out. Like you know the outcome of that. Yeah. Do you have a long run planned on su- on Sunday morning? Oh, but you're out with your friends on Saturday night. So suddenly it's, oh, well, I just, I really wanted to have a good time with my friends. I needed to really relax. And suddenly you're six, seven drinks in and right. you're like, ah, I'm not going to be able to get up and run on Sunday mm-hmm. morning. We, you can. You just chose something else instead. Right. You chose to actually work against yourself. Mm-hmm. I played this game in college. It didn't go well for no. me. No. Yeah, that did not go well. But, you know, and we're not saying don't do those things. We're not saying don't go out with your friends. We're not saying don't go have a good time. We're just saying that there's always a middle ground. You know, you can do those things in moderation, but it all goes back to the things that we like to talk about with which is your priorities. So, if you are training for a race, and you know you need to do a certain amount of long runs and you need to do them on a weekly basis. You need to consistently train for that race if you would like to perform well in that race. So if you're not putting in the work and if you're not, you know, if you're making other choices instead of your runs or instead of your long runs or instead of your workouts, if you're making excuses or finding ways to avoid those things, then you can't expect to perform the way that you want to perform in those races. Right. You can only perform so well in so many different areas. And so you get people that are all gung-ho in, you know, in training or at work or whatever the, the area is. And they're like, oh, I'm doing so well in this. I'm going to also do super, super well in this other area of my life. And they don't realize that what they're really doing is sabotaging both areas. Mm. You're not going to be able to super excel in either spot. Yeah. Because what's ultimately going to happen is you spread yourself too thin and then you get a huge self-sabotage, which is complete lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, I'm going to do this and this and this. I'm going to be a superhuman and multitask and cover everything. Yeah. Multitasking doesn't work and you're going to end up burned out and completely lack of sleep, probably sick, likely hurt. Right. And all of these ways that we self-sabotage ourselves, it all goes back to those negative beliefs that we have about ourselves and our fear of success. Like, do we have a, a fear of success? Do we have a fear of failure? Like, which one is it? Yeah, fear of failure. I, uh, I, I dealt with that one a lot in, in my own running. Of, mm-hmm. You know, I, I put in these built-in excuses of, oh, I've got so much schoolwork that I need to be doing, and I've got this and that, and there was, it, I enjoyed college a little bit too much. Um, and But I think, you know, looking back on it now, there's this question of what if I did go all in and it wasn't good enough? Yeah. That's massive fear of failure. What if I was completely, fully dedicated and that still wasn't enough? Mm -hmm. What would that do? So instead, I just set up all these excuses. Mm -hmm. I I can't go all in on running because I've got this and this and this and this. And so it was never a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. So that fear basically, like is fear is you're being scared of the outcome before it's even happened. 
which is ludicrous if you actually stop and think about it for a second. Yeah. Like that's what fear really is, is you are afraid of an event that has not even taken place yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. I forget who I was listening to, but they made just the ridiculous argument of like little kids get in their mind that there might be a monster under their bed. Yeah. There's not a monster under the bed. There's no proof that there's a monster under the bed. But they won't get out of the bed because if they put their foot on the floor, then the monster's going to reach out and get them. Mm-hmm. So they don't I, even... I had that fear when I was a little kid. Did right. you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. completely. Yeah. Um, and so then, then you'd make up these rules in your head of, well, if I go from my bed, as long as I can leap all the way over to there, then the monster won't be able to get to me. Right. But the monster's not there. But it prevents you from even being able to try. Okay, because you you build in all these other things of I can't give that a shot, but it's it's a belief, it's a fear of something that you have no idea that you know when little kids think there's a monster, it's just as ludicrous as you saying to yourself, well, I shouldn't try to hit that PR because I'll never be able to get to it. Mm-hmm. You know, when or I shouldn't start that business because I know it'll fail. Because I know it will fail. When you you've got these absolutes built in for events that have not taken place for preparation that you have not done, for a path that you have not even started down, you've already determined the outcome and then you're scared that it's going to be a bad one. Mm-hmm. When you're so far away from it that there's no reason for fear. Just keep, just take a step forward because that first step probably going to go okay. Just take a small one. So here's a question then. Go for it. What would happen in your life if you never actually backed down from a challenge? <laughs> Right, because we have these built-in fear of failure, built-in fear of success. We have these ways that we self-sabotage ourselves. But what would happen in your life if you actually didn't allow those things to hold you back? I think that the answer to that is very scary for some people to even think about. Then that's fear of success. Mm -hmm. Then it's terrifying. Like, what if, what if I go down this road and it does go well? You know, that then what do I do? Then who am I? What what would that look like? Yeah. It's fear of the unknown. It's it's a huge fear of unknown, which most fears are. When people yeah. are like fear of success, fear of failure, I think both of them fall under the, the bigger umbrella of fear of unknown mm-hmm. is you don't know what the next thing is. You know, right. like like you said with PRs, how do I know I'm going to be able to run that far at that pace because I've never done it before? Yeah. So that's, that's just trying to do something that has never been done before, that you've never done before. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can look around and see other people have done it but then you're into a comparison Mm -hmm. like well i'm not as fast as that person or i'm not as smart as that person i've got you know i've got these kids and i've got another job so trying to work this side business is never going to take off and be my actual job it's just going to be a thing that i do but it's probably not going to be successful right you're just building in excuses yeah you gave yourself an out there's your out because i've got this this and this i'm not going to be able to do it like that person can because they don't have those same limitations yeah. You put all these Everybody limitations has on limitations. You. Everybody's got them. Everyone has limitation. Not every like people wake up all the time and don't want to go out for a run or don't want to go train. It's not like you wake up every single day and are like, "Oh yay, I get to go run today." Like I, I did this morning. Well, that's totally nice. popped out of bed and I'm like, "Yeah, let's do this thing." <laughs> I mean, but there's different things that motivate us to go run. And there are definitely some days that I want to just crawl right back in bed. Yeah, completely. Or not even get out of bed in the first place. <laughs> just And we're not even hitting the snooze button. We're just shutting the alarm off. Right. But I have created an identity for myself that I am the kind of person that does not do that. 
Like I am the kind of person that if I have a workout scheduled, then I need to go do that workout, especially if I'm meeting anyone else. Like I will not let other people down. If I've committed to something, I will not let them down. Yeah, well, you you put a need into it, and that's that's a very important thing. It helps remove some of these fears. Is when the outcome is something that you need to reach. Mm-hmm. It's not something that'd be nice. It, oh, it'd be cool if I did that. I could tell people about my PR. It's something that you actually need to do. Then you're willing to be fully invested in it. Then you can go for it. And but then, do we ever actually really need a PR? <laughs> Some people think they do. Some people think there's a magic number that's going to make them feel better. You know, but it's, there's not. No, there's not. It's it's the same thing in the world of business of, mm. oh, I'll be happy with my business when I have this many when dollars. When I make a million dollars. Yeah, when I have this number yeah. in the bank account, then I'm winning. You know, then, then, I'm, then I've got it. But it's all, it's all a process. Mm. It's all just a step along the way. And until you kind of fully accept that what you're really going for is the process and not that end outcome. That even if you get to a million dollars in the bank, that doesn't mean that you're done. It's not like you're like, oh, I've got it. I did it. I'm going to be happy forever now. If you decide that, you know, you want your PR in the 5K to be under 25 and suddenly you run 2450, I guarantee that you're going to start looking at another number on the clock. Yep. You know, it's going to happen. You, you're going totally to keep happens. pushing that thing for it. Totally happens. Totally happens, man. Like, because I've set those goals for PRs and then you're like, okay, now what? Like, now what? Like, I, can I get faster than this? Like, you're not just done after that. But I think that the difference is the mindset shift that you have to make, right? Like, away from self-sabotage. So how do we get ourselves away from these limiting beliefs, away from this tendency to self-sabotage ourselves? I think that we need to, instead of saying like, oh, like this might be something nice to achieve, you might like flip it like and say like, this is something I'm going to do. This is something I'm going to do. Yeah. And then you go all in on going to do that right. thing. And what happens is you're all in on trying to get to that thing and you, you reach this just point where it's so flowing. You reach this, this process where your decision-making is easier. Your, your negative self-talk kind of slips a little bit more towards the side. If it shows up, you're able to kind of look at it and be like, no, that's ridiculous. And you just start moving and you're enjoying the process of heading towards the result. And once you start really enjoying the process instead of the actual results, then when you get to that PR, you're like, okay, great. I'm going to continue this process and see where it will take me. Mm-hmm. Not, oh, I have to hit this number now. I have to hit this number now. It becomes part of you of you just kind of keep pushing yourself forward in whatever aspect you're in, Mm -hmm. that the negative talk moves away, the self-sabotage moves away because you're enjoying pushing yourself forward. Yeah, I think that that... I mean, I don't know if the negative self-talk ever totally goes away. I don't think it can, but I think that you're able to, to see it easier. Yeah. Like it almost right. comes you can, up. You can notice it for what it is. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to like this self-talk that just shows up and, and then eats away at you. Yeah. It like you comes You see it as <laughs> self-talk instead of truth. I'm sorry. You see it as negative self-talk instead of a truth. Instead of a truth. Right. Yeah. That goes to the whole thing that whatever you believe is an actual truth, mm-hmm. but when you, you've reached this point where you're... You're enjoying uh, improving and building yourself and, and moving forward as yeah. as a 
as enjoying that aspect yeah. instead of having to get to a goal, then when the negative self-talk comes up, it's so much obvious. It's so obvious to see. It's like comes up waving flags like this isn't going to go well for you. And you can look at it and be like, yes, it is. It's going to go just fine. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that shift in our mindset is really what's going to drive us to and allow us to achieve our best performances. It's it's shifting your mindset to say, okay, yeah, there are all of these things that are trying to sabotage me or that are trying to bring me down, but I'm not going to go down that path. I am going to choose to be great. And by choosing that, then that is what will happen. Yeah, if you choose great, then you will probably end up being even greater. Right. If you choose to be happy, like you can't find happiness. Like people are like, oh, I want to try to find happiness. I need to find what makes me happy. Like, no, like you have to choose to be happy. Like you have to choose to be the person that is happy with what you're doing. And then those tasks that you're doing are going to align with the the mindset that you have yeah be happy and the people around you will be happier Mm -hmm. and so when then then you're surrounded by happy people and that helps you to be even happier and it just kind of keeps growing same thing with success same thing with success (laughs) unfortunately same thing with being like a grumbly jerk Mm -hmm. like if you roll in and you're like oh this day is terrible then the people around you are going to be like yes you're right this day is terrible and you just spiral each other down yeah so be happy and it spreads the happiness Mm -hmm. definitely yeah I always ask the girls like too like you know how are you gonna shine your light today like one of the one of the songs that are that their school really um, promotes like as one of our like theme songs is this little light of mine yes and that's like we're going to let it shine. Like, how are you going to let your light shine today? Because we all have a light inside of us and it's up to us to actually allow that to shine and to not cover it up, you know, not put a basket on it, not put it behind a bush. Like it's our job to like open it up and let it shine. And that is what's going to help lead us to our best selves, our best performances in running, in life, in parenting. Like, how are you going to show up as your best self today? Yeah, that's that's beautiful. And at the end of, of class, when the bell rings and the kids are heading out, they're always like, bye, Mr. Brown, have a good one. And I, I don't say have a great day, you know, or whatever. I say, go make somebody happy. Go, go make somebody smile. Like when they, yeah. they head out the door, that's how I send them off. I'm like, yeah, you too. How, and go, go make somebody smile. Not go, go be happy. Go make somebody else smile. Go mm-hmm. spread happiness to someone else. Go spread success and joy and love to as many people as you can. And that's going to just improve everybody around. You know, um, one of the things I've got written here is that success and and joy and happiness, it's not a zero-sum game. It's not like if you become more happy or you become more successful, that that means I can't be as happy and Mm -hmm. I'm going to immediately be less successful. There's not a certain level of success out there. So you get some, that means I get less. 
No. It it grows. Yeah. So when you're you're supporting the people around you, genuinely cheer for them. When they have something of giant success, don't be jealous of that. Say, wow, look at that. Be inspired by it. Say, wow, look at what they were able to do. I wonder what I can do with that because we can all work together and keep building each other up. Yeah, and I think that a lot of times we also assume that the path is easier for other people that achieve those things. Like, Ooh, that's a good one. Right? Like, I mean, you think, you see them achieving their success and then you just assume like, wow, they're just so naturally talented or wow, they, I bet you they don't deal with this kind of talk in their heads. Like they don't, you know, they believe in themselves. They're strong. I bet you they killed all of their workouts and training when in reality, they probably are going through the same thing as you. They've just figured out better ways to deal with it. Yes. They've, they figured out how to flip the negative talk. They've, mm-hmm. they've figured out how to look at things from a positive perspective and yeah. then, then they're getting positive results. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool. So I think that is a good place for us to wrap this up. I think so. All right. So thank you guys for spending this time with us for our show notes and links to all of our coaching programs and the other resources. Please check out the website, realliferunners.com. If you're interested in integrating some speed work into your running, we have a free download for you over there. And we also have a free download um, for you to get you into some strength training to help you to not only become a stronger runner, but to also help prevent some of those injuries that a lot of times um, are the plague for a lot of runners. So check out the website, realliferunners.com, for all of those resources, and we will talk to you next week.